Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. It's that very simple model, Salati said, whispering to avoid disturbing his studio mates. Surround yourself with the best people you can and rise to the occasion. Elizabeth A. Harris for the New York Times. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And this week, we are back with the fourth episode of our 2023 business-minded series from The Bookshelf Files. I'm joined in conversation by Bookshelf Community and Public Relations Liaison, entrepreneur, and author Felicia Dilbert. Throughout this year, you've heard us talk more about the businessy side of the bookshelf, our store's growth, and the ups and downs of small business ownership, what life looks like at the bookshelf and how it's changed over the years, and how ideas like reader retreats and shelf subscriptions come to life. Today, we're talking about what it looks like to approach life and business from the heart. Before we begin, don't forget, one of the best ways to grow from the front porch is by word of mouth, and your reviews of the show are really helpful for that. Here's one of my favorite recent reviews from Indiana Reader 21. Cozy Bookish Podcast. This is my favorite podcast. Annie gives the best recommendations. She was my number one recommendation source for books last year. Listening to this podcast makes me feel like I'm drinking a cup of tea with a friend and always leaves me with a smile. Thank you so much for this thoughtful review. And if you haven't left a review of the show yet, all you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see, write a review, and then tell us what you think. Your reviews really do help us grow the show and never forget, as a result, grow our small brick and mortar business. Thank you. Now back to the show. Back in January, we launched our From the Bookshelf File series. You can go back and listen to episodes 407, 415, and 424 if you want to hear me talk with Felicia about the bookshelf's origin story, small business woes, and creativity in business. This week, Felicia's back to discuss the connection between emotional intelligence and leadership. Hi, Felicia. Hi, Annie. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. So let's get started. I just have to say, yesterday at the store, Aaron's idea about our fun way of which book that we like the most. I thought that was so fun. And it really kind of speaks, it's like a metaphor to how the energy is at the store. Yeah. And it encapsulates how we look out for each other, how we have fun, how we dive in when uh, moments notice or whatnot to just be a part and have the good time all in the unified vision of books. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a great point. It was really the perfect way to kind of kick off today's conversation is by, yeah, yesterday in the store, Aaron recording an Instagram video, uh, a reel where we kind of talked about our new release books and did like a little conga line to celebrate our Eric Thomas's new book. And I love it for so many reasons. I mean, I loved that idea for so many reasons. First of all, because Aaron is filling in for Caroline. Caroline was out. And so it just goes to show that the team pitches in and helps each other because we we want people to be able to go on vacation. And it just, it was such a fun uh, little, you're right, little encapsulation of the teamwork that makes the bookshelf possible. Absolutely. And, you know, that comes from the culture. 
that you have set an example for Annie and that you, you have, I'm using my words carefully because it's really a special, it's a special combination of your thoughtfulness, but also the way that you exude leadership at the store and your intentionality, irregardless of if you're having a day that's packed with a lot of different things or a lot of phone calls or it's a day to pay bills and the doors closed <laughs> <laughs> for the purpose of taking care of the the matters at hand. That kind of stuff, moments notice, jumping in, having fun, seeds have been planted along the way for that kind of energy to come forth. You know, it doesn't just happen. I hope so. Yeah. And it was, it was play, you know, it was like, yeah, afternoon fun. I remember you saying like, this is a pep rally. <laughs> yeah, it did. It felt, like, it felt like a pep rally, only better, honestly. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So it's personal and it's business. So mm. when you set out to start, when you bought the business and mm-hmm. got into the nitty gritty of hiring and starting mm-hmm. out with two people as the team has grown, I know you care. You care about people. It's evident. You love books, but you love people even more, irregardless <laughs> of what day it might be. <laughs> That's right. Right. And and so I just wanted to know, how have you kind of navigated that with all of the different things that come along with new people, new hearts, new joys in employees, but also the, the nuance that can come along with that? And how has it been personal and business for you in that aspect? You know, that phrase, it's personal and it's business, of course, reminds me of You've Got Mail. And, you know, there's kind of a kind of sort of famous scene from that movie where Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are almost debating. And and I think Meg Ryan's character, Kathleen Kelly, says something like, whatever a business is, it ought to begin by being personal. Mm. And I love that. And yet I also cringe a little bit at it because, and I think you and I have talked about this in various settings over the last year, but I also am a really boundaried person. And so anytime the waters start to get a little muddy, I get nervous um, because I really want to make sure that the bookshelf is a healthy work environment. And I, you know, I, I want us to all be friendly with one another, but I also know that I'm the boss and there are boundaries with that. And so anytime we start talking about personal and business, I get a little sweaty <laughs> um, <laughs> because I'm trying so hard to hold both. And I love how you worded it. It's personal and it's business. It's both. It's not one or the other. It's both. And the bookshelf is personal because people make it up. And we've talked about this a lot, especially earlier this year, we did our beautiful trailer with Orange out of Tallahassee. And one of the things we talked about on that video was that the bookshelf is who she is because of the people who run it, because of the people who shop there, and because of the people behind the scenes, like my family or all of your families, like all of the staff's families who kind of pitch in, you know, and and help ensure we all can go to work every day. And so the bookshelf is by its very nature, very personal. It's personal because it's a small business. It's personal because it's my my livelihood. So for me, it's very personal, but it's also personal because without people, the bookshelf doesn't exist. And we talk a lot about, we're not robots here. It, you know, mm-hmm. behind the scenes, I always want it for our online customers, especially I want them to know, hey, 
Aaron is processing every single order. Keela is packaging every single order. That's not a robot behind the scenes doing that. That's not a machine doing that. That's a person. And so as the team has grown, it has really been a a room for growth for me personally as well, because managing a team of two is very different from managing a team of 10. And I learned some hard lessons around, uh, you know, along the way I started the bookshelf when I was 27. The only thing I'd ever managed was a newspaper staff, like, (laughs) uh, you know, for my college newspaper. And so it was really different to now be running a business and to to manage a team and a team of one is very different from a team of of 10 and it's been important for me to 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 navigate kind of the different personalities because if you're running a healthy business your team isn't all going to be people that look like you it's going to be people who think differently from you and who process things differently from you who have a different different strengths and weaknesses from you and that's going to present some challenges occasionally but i think the challenges are 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 worth it you know i think the ultimate goal is worth any challenges you might face so it's been an interesting few years especially post pandemic that's really when our team grew the most and i am so proud of the team we've cultivated and i'm so grateful for the different members we've added over the years and the people who worked here previously who who played such an important role in the business but certainly managing a team of 2 is very different from a team of 10 and and that has required change and growth on my part too Absolutely. And I've seen that in in myself. I've seen that in the staff. That maturation piece is is really key. It makes me think about the process in a garden from seed to flower and how the seed is planted and there's photosynthesis. And I, I love that word. <laughs> and, um, you know, the rain waters it and if it's outside and all this thing, all of that. But then um, before it flowers, it's a bud. There's that mm-hmm. bud. Um, and kind of skipping some parts in the, the if any gardeners <laughs> are listening, bear with me. But um, but but the bud to me is like the promise of the flower. It's coming. And so that's been neat for me to think about what I've ste- I stepped into right at about a year ago at the bookshelf. It's fun. It's like wonder, you know? And so it pulled pulled me in for inspiration reasons and just wow, this is great. But then tension that comes along with that growth and going around New Mountain with learning and working with a team, which I have definitely come a long way with that. And me too, right? I think a leader or an owner, really, especially if you're somebody like me or my personality type, it's a real as you so kindly put it, it's a real maturation process to delegate and to trust people with the things that maybe you think you do pretty well, but a leader can't do everything. Nobody can do everything. And so I think, you know, you mentioned you coming on board about a year ago, Caroline came on board around the same time as you. And that was, that was a risk, not, not you and Caroline, but adding two new team members in two new different roles for the store was risky and a little financially scary. And it has been, I'm pleased to say, well, worth the risk. Like what you and Caroline have brought to the table has been so valuable. But that was another example of kind of having to trust that, okay, we're going to find the money to, to add these two people on the team. We're going to bring them on board. And then you know, hopefully it'll reap benefits and, and produce dividends. But it was, 
it was scary there for a minute and and stressful. I think Jordan and I have talked about this before, even in his own work, how really whenever you hire somebody or whenever you start a new job, it's really about three months before everybody gets used to each other and everybody realizes, okay, what does this person bring to the table? What's the best use of their time? And then for a for a person coming into a new role, I think it takes about three months to kind of get your feet wet and figure stuff out. So you have to trust that good things take time. And I think your gardening analogy is a good example of that. I, I can only imagine with hiring people, multiple people, and then the hope that after that three months, mm-hmm. we get to really see all things working together for the good, you know, for, yeah. the, for the employee and, and for the business. And I know you and I have had a unique experience with, uh, you know, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, when hiring new people, everybody has a different family of origin, learning styles and all. And coming into this opportunity, I knew about the way that I think and, and the neurodiverse aspect of what makes Felicia. And I really, really appreciated how you embraced that in the interview. And then it was, we began to, you know, it's not easy to talk about that. And some of you say, that's not professional or that's sharing too much information. But, you know, I'm at a point in my life, which I have seen you all beautifully work to embrace and not that that's a bad thing, but isn't that real life, you know, in a character, in a, in a book where there's a neat character, there's so much nuance. Yes. That's what makes her beautiful or interesting or memorable. But that's so not trying to say like, I'm so beautiful. <laughs> it's like the process of, you know, the, I think it's, it's why we, like, I don't always read real deep. A lot of listeners probably notice I don't have a lot of like deep reading <laughs> suggestions. <laughs> and I'm totally okay with that. But I like to read about reading. And I, I mm. really geek out listening to all of you all so <laughs> eloquently, you know, uh, chatter <laughs> as far <laughs> about different things. But but the, the point I'm trying to make is just that I appreciate you kind of holding my hand through that. And then making that distinction with uh, now Caroline's my, my my manager direct report. And I think a bit like kind of back to that gardening, I'm growing a garden. So this is why I'm kind of, Oh but, yeah, um, you're, you're there. But like a state, you know, it helps. Mm-hmm. Yes. It helps the vines oh, grow great. and hold up and support. Not that that wasn't happening before, but capacity purposes for a business. Yes. You can only do so much. That's right. And the, and you want to provide every team member with the tools they need to flourish. And, you know, you talked about coming on board and every team member has a different family of origin or a different personality type or, or what have you. And I do think that is one thing to remember about having a business that's full of people is that means there are going to be lots of different personality types, lots of different growing pains or for me, I'm a. I know I've addressed this before on the podcast, but I'm an Enneagram Five. I'm an I'm an INTJ. The stereotype of that type of person is that we'd be content hold up in our lab. And there are certainly days when I love being holed up in my office with the door closed, you know, doing whatever I need to do. But I have also learned that getting to know the staff and getting to know the different ways that they learn, the different ways that they produce good work, um, the different things that they bring to the table, 
I can't be a robot about those things. I have to be in tune to people's moods and to people's, the things that they're bringing to work every day, because again, we're not robots. And so people come to work and they've had a bad day or they've had trouble at school drop-off or, you know, they woke up the other day. I literally felt like I had woken up on the wrong side of the bed. Like, (laughs) and we all come to work with those things. And so I think there's really, I think I've really had to learn that team building and team creation requires a lot of patience and a lot of open-handed grace. Like we're not always going to say the right thing, do the right thing, but we have to have grace for each other and get used to one another and how we think differently. And the best teams I think have a variety of people who do think differently. And I think that leads to, leads to growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like how you put that. So, so, so good. Um, I think too, something that really has stood out to me with working as a team, I don't wake up in the morning and say, my way is the highway. You know, like, like <laughs> my way, I don't, I, I truly don't. But then <laughs> Lewis reminds me often <laughs> that that's kind of how I might navigate life. So, <laughs> oh, thank so, you. Thank goodness for our partners who help us. You know, yeah, you know, I love my Lou. He, I love my Lou. But with that being said, it's something really cool about realizing, like for me, I've been able to realize that there's nothing wrong with being a neuro, neurodiverse thinker, ADHD, right? There's just something wrong with it. What I've seen at the store though, is the how to navigate that and how that can be genius. Haven't seen that in other places before. I've seen it in my own business, creativity. I love it, but it's great to work with people. You don't have to go at it all alone, even if that's all that you know. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point because you did come and you do work as a, right? Like as an entrepreneur and you run your own business um, and to come on board at the bookshelf was probably very different, like to, to adjust to a group of people. But I love the example you and I've talked about in store where you and Olivia got to work the Juneteenth event together. And in at the bookshelf, not every staffer always works. Like Olivia works on the floor with a lot of the floor staff. You work upstairs with a lot of the kind of behind the, I, I say like behind the scenes staff, the marketing staff. And so you and Olivia working together was a different kind of pairing. Like, it, you know, and I think it was such a valuable way to grow your creativity, both of you, um, to get to work together and to get to problem solve together, because that's the reality of, I'm sure this is true in big business as well as small business, but in small business, there's a lot of problems. (laughs) There's a lot of problems and there's a lot of like quick on your feet thinking. And I am convinced, even though yes, I and TJ love being holed up in my metaphorical lab, I think it is better when we problem solve together mm-hmm. and getting to witness staffers do that, you know, getting to witness you and Olivia do that, getting to witness Aaron and Keela working together or Aaron and Caroline working together or Kendall and Esme on the floor. Like it is such a privilege and an honor to get to watch people. Yeah. Troubleshoot together. And I think we reach better solutions that way. Yeah, I we definitely bonded really fast in that experience. <laughs> and one of the things I, I I really honor and appreciate about that is that I heard a quote one time, when you're going through something or you're, you're challenged, 
It's just like if you imagine a toothpaste tube being squeezed. Yeah. When there's pressure, whatever's in it's going to come out. Yes. And so, so she and I were able to have each other's back. But if we yes. weren't in that together, we wouldn't have been able to experience how we had each other's back in a time of, of challenge and you need to think on your feet, you know? So that's been refreshing. And then <laughs> when you talk about your personality um, <laughs> and, you, and, you know, I and FJ and I think I'm an EN, I don't know any, I, I, uh, I bet, well, Jordan, you know, Jordan's my little Myers-Briggs expert. So I'm an INTJ. He, we, I said, do you know what Felicia is? Cause you and I have talked yesterday and I said, I, I need to look back and see if it's on. Cause we do ask on the bookshelf job application, you know, it's optional and it's no pressure, but he does have a guess. Uh, he thought you might be an ENFJ, which that's is a teacher. That's what it is. That's okay. it. That's it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He's, that's pre- it. he's pretty good at guessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did take the test for the app, uh, for the application. Yeah. And, but what I love is, <laughs> what I love is how you, incorporate Enneagram and Myers-Briggs. <laughs> I think it's cool. And I, I think I might look into it. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's helpful. <laughs> yeah, because like I'm totally opposite, which is not a big deal, right? This is like this is people. But hey, Annie, it, I don't really know boundaries. I've learned. <laughs> I have learned, right? Enmeshment is not a word I care for, but I know that life. Yeah. <laughs> So rushing in, hugs. I mean, I don't mean any harm, but some people don't like hugs. I started asking after the pandemic because, right? <laughs> but yeah. I'm a hugger. I, I ask folks when I see them, we retreat us and stuff because I'm like, well, they, they love the South. They probably can't wait for a hug, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I mean, I, I rush in. I sunshine and roses. I can get lost outside talking to sweet Mr. Wayne over by grassroots. He's so precious, you know, but then to think about like streamlining and, and, and goals and all that has been so helpful. I've gotten a lot of goals accomplished professionally and personally. So just want to speak to that, that yeah. it's, it's, it's a great thing and seeing how Olivia navigates her day. She's got her checklist too, you know? Yes, everybody, right? That's the whole, that's the beauty of it is I don't want a staff full of INTJs. That would not be helpful. I want a staff, and we, you and I have talked about this specifically. I, I'm a hugger depending on who's asking, but 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 I like having a person on staff, especially the community and public relations liaison. I want her to be gifted at relationship and at stopping and talking to Mr. Wayne. Whereas sometimes I think nobody talks to me on the street because I am, oh, Ashley at the market was like, man, I don't get any free stuff because Annie is just a one-track mind walking ahead of me down the hallway at market. Like, And that is, I am a one-track mind. And so I find it extremely valuable to have a team full of Olivia's who keep checklists, but also Felicia's who are out on the sidewalk talking to Mr. Wayne. Like I, both of those things are really important. And, and, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't have the luxury of having all of those types of team members. The beauty of finally being at a financial point where we could grow our team meant, okay, now we can start to bring in people who have gifts that we haven't been able to hire for before. And so, I, yeah, I just, I, I think Myers-Briggs, I think Enneagram, 
my business coach recently told me about Working Genius. You got an email about it yesterday yeah. uh, because I want the staff to take it. And part of the reason I'm having, I'm finding that particular thing to be so valuable is I'm able to see, okay, where's there's some holes or maybe we don't have holes, but maybe I need to tap into some people's strengths and working geniuses that I haven't tapped into quite yet. And so I find, again, goes back to my own personality type, but I find learning about other people and like figuring them out, like the beautiful puzzles they are to be really rewarding and I hope beneficial for the bookshelf as a whole. Absolutely. I, I will never forget when I first started and just the the idea of having the right people on the bus mm. in the right place, you know, and you mentioned that your coach told you about that, I think. Yes. She was who taught me that, that phrase. I'm sure it is a business phrase that other business people have heard many times before, but I had not. As she, she really taught me have people on the right seat on the bus. And one of the things that sounded harsh at first to to even my own pretty boundaried logical ears, she told me, make sure you're hiring for the bookshelf, not for the person. And I was like, oh, well, I, but I hire people that I like. Like if I like a person, like, and you know, they, they've applied and, and they had a good interview, like I want to hire them. But she was very, I mean, she made a big difference, I think, in the life of the bookshelf. She really made me evaluate, what does the bookshelf need? And by asking myself what the bookshelf needs, then when I hire... I can put the right person in the right seat on the bus. Um, if I hire for the person, I'm trying to like get them to fit and I may stick them in the wrong seat just because I like them and I want to keep them. And so really, and it was a mental shift for me because again, it sounded harsh to be like hire for the bookshelf, not for the person. But the reality is it's better long-term for, for staff if I hire for the bookshelf and they and I have a specific role, a specific seat that they sit in and can fill. And so that was more business coach advice that I have found really helpful over the last couple of years. That's awesome. And to camp out there for a second, I like how you said, I hire people I like. That mm-hmm. is real, okay? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> people that are listening, I know your listeners, I mean, you've got some of the sweetest people and they get it. They, of course, I, who doesn't hire people they don't like? I get it, especially small business. <laughs> right. So that's a personal piece, right? That's that yes. personal piece. However, I just felt like that needed to just be amplified because that's one of those things that sometimes I don't know that people will say, but it's real. It's real. Yeah. I was hiring people I like, and you're right. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's it's personal and it's business. So the business piece was my business coach asking me, but what does the bookshelf need? Right. And me sitting down and making a list of the roles that I really thought the bookshelf needed and then figuring out, can this person I like sit in this seat? Right. Um, and if not, it's not a kindness to them to put them there. But if they can sit there, that is a kindness for the store and for the person. Yeah, it's personal and it's business. I just, I, I love you brought that to my attention yesterday, and I, I just really like that it's both. Yeah, and I think that this is a neat place too to encourage anybody mm-hmm. that's thinking, "What in the world? It's not personal; it's business." <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it can be tough to wrap wrap your mind around it if if that's not your personality or if you consider yourself type A, but Mm. even though Annie may say, you know, I'm not really a people person, I'm heart centered. That still (laughs) does open the door for that personal piece. Yeah. So it's in every human, I believe it's that emotional part of us who may just, maybe we haven't tapped into it. You're exactly right. And, and sometimes the stories we tell ourselves aren't always a hundred percent true, right? So 
one of the things, another thing that my business coach kind of brought up in a fairly recent conversation we were having is we were talking about team management and team building. And she said something like, oh, well, Annie, you're a heart leader. And I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a INTJ robot. Like I don't, I'm not a heart leader. And, uh, and I was so truly kind of taken aback by that. And it was such a kindness to have someone else speak a new story to you. And so for me to realize, oh, I can be a boundaried introverted person and still care about people. It's not one or the other. And at the bookshelf, as you have so kindly pointed out, I really do care about people. Mm-hmm. And you you said, and I there would be a there would be a one part of me that would kind of like um push back a little on this, but you said you like people more than you like books. And I thought about it and you're right. I do like people more than I like books. I love books. I love them so much. But I love people. I love the customers who come into the bookshelf. That's why I do it. Or I would just sit at home and read. Like, (laughs) um, I love people. I love people who come in the store. I love the people who work at the store very much. I love seeing their gifts and abilities come come to light. And so I think it's important sometimes the story we t- stories we tell ourselves are accurate and sometimes they need a little tweaking and my business coach and you like i think it is helpful to hear other people's perspectives on those things absolutely and i've seen you on a saturday when the store's busy <laughs> i love a saturday yeah yeah and saturdays love you too you know <laughs> Because it's like folks get to see the owner and it's just, I can tell that gives you life and joy. And I think, I love that you still do that, Annie. I hope you always will, because I think that working in the store and connecting with the customers helps to break up perhaps all of the other, am I being successful or stuff that comes with any entrepreneur. That's right. You're exactly right. I think it, you know, I don't know what the example would be for another type of business owner, but for me, you know, there's the phrase, if you want your business to grow, you have to work on your business, not in your business. And I do think that's true. The more the bookshelf has grown, the less possible it is for me to always be on the floor of the store because somebody's got to pay the bills. Somebody has to think big picture and set vision. And it's taken me a long time to be okay with that because I love working in the store. I love being on the floor of the bookshelf. But if I'm on the floor of the bookshelf all the time, Esme doesn't get to do her job beautifully. Kendall doesn't get to do her job beautifully. So if I want Esme and Kendall to do their jobs, I need to go do mine, pay bills, big picture stuff, record a podcast, whatever. But every so often, work a Saturday or come down on the floor and record a silly Instagram reel because that's why... I love what I do. So definitely work on your business, but occasionally, yes, still work in your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people can see that and feel that. It's that type of stuff from the leader who's driving the bus to embody and feel. When you feel that, even if you're not announcing, hey, I'm working in the story, Jad, I, I'm jazzed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> feel it. And yeah. then that is what trickles down. And I think that our pastor was teaching something on Sunday about how where you know fathers can model behavior in their homes. And if the dad wants the kid to chill out on the cell phone, he doesn't need to be sitting there with his cell phone saying, get off your phone. And look right. at, you know, our example of, of the culture, right? How to set that culture if the leader is doing what they're doing, of course, we all have grace. So nobody's mm-hmm. expecting perfection, but that 
energy behavior thought process, um, like you mentioned in your July list, I thought that was amazing. Mm -hmm. But the intentionality to be real about, okay, this is what I say. And so how am I embodying that? And how do I want to embody that as I continue to live out this journey? And it's okay if it's like, hmm, I want to I want to really embody that even more. Or I did that in this moment and I appreciate my growth. I acknowledge that this is within me. I can do tough yes. things, you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that comes to mind as we're kind of talking about some personality stuff and and how growing a team has really has really grown me as a person. Like I've changed a lot over the last 10 years. A 37-year-old is very different from a 27-year-old. And the things I've learned in the last 10 years make me feel 87 years old. <laughs> but one of my favorite anecdotes is when Jordan's grandfather met me and my he met my family for the first time. He'd already met me. And I think I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before. I tell it a lot in my real life because I think it explains a lot. But my my grandfather, now grandfather-in-law, I guess, met my parents. And later he said, he said, well, I see now that Annie gets her enthusiasm from her mother and her sobriety from her father. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, first of all, we laugh at that all the time, but honestly, it's true. So there's a part of me that loves, you know, being down on the floor, uh, recording a funny Instagram story or interacting with customers. And then there's a quieter part of me that loves being in my office, turning on some music and quietly checking a ton of things off a list. Mm -hmm. And I think most days that combination is really good for, for running the bookshelf. There are, there are hard moments and there are hard lessons I've had to learn about keeping both of those aspects of my personality in check. But I do think, thanks to Chris and Susie, <laughs> I do have both of those aspects of my personality that I think help help run the bookshelf. Absolutely. And then too, what I've observed when when your when your tank is full, when you've done the things that feed you and give you joy, like an introvert, right? Mm -hmm. they, they pull away and they charge up. Then you have that capacity to give out, even though I are to pour out, even though um, I had a feeling that the 10 year anniversary day was definitely like you pulling into some reserve of prayer <laughs> and like, listen, I need to power through this thing. But it was joy. It was so joyous. I, you're right. It was so joyous that I was able to have the energy. Now the next day I was a little tired. <laughs> yes. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. And, and when you, and when you are, do you, can you let yourself rest? Yes. So you have talked about this before, I think on previous episodes. So I work from home on Wednesdays and then I have off on Mondays. And I was just telling Jordan, yesterday was a really good day at work. Like we recorded that fun Instagram reel. You and I had a productive meeting about this podcast episode. Olivia and I had a meeting. Like it was a good day. I got home exhausted because that was a people heavy day. Uh, and so Monday I played with my dog I read a book and Monday was how I was able to do Tuesday. And now yes. Wednesday, recording a podcast. And then after we're done, I have an appointment. But other than that, my day is a little bit freer. Right. Wednesday will prepare me and help me have the energy for Thursday. So it's about establishing a rhythm that works for me. Absolutely. And I celebrate the boundary of mm. whatever that looks like and how you achieved and came to that place. Because as the owner of a bookstore, I can only imagine our people that are listening that are busy and own different things, direct different things, are leaders mm -hmm. in their own way. 
I mean, how did you how did you get to a place where you were able to give yourself that type of permission, Annie? Yeah. Well, number one, business coaching. So my business coach pre-pandemic was who encouraged me to work one day a week from home, which was something I had never thought was possible. And it wouldn't have been possible were not for the growth of the team. So having an amazing manager like Olivia enabled me, of course, the, of course, the moment I decided to work one day a week from home, the truly the pandemic hit. Like I made that decision for 2020 <laughs> and then the pandemic happened. <laughs> So I did not work from home very much weirdly during 2020 because Olivia and I were just packaging orders all, all the time. But when 2021 rolled around, I could implement that idea that my business coach had kind of instilled in me. And I really had to get over the idea that that was selfish. There was a part of me that really felt guilty, like I wasn't being a good member of the team if I worked from home. And it has really, I've really had to shift my brain to realize it is for the betterment of the team that I work one day a week from home. It allows me to be productive. It allows me to be creative, which that's what the bookshelf staff needs me to be. They need me to be creative and big picture oriented. And I can only do that if I'm in my sweet spot, which for me happens to be at my house. (laughs) And so I really, thanks to business coaching and thanks to staff, setting those boundaries and setting those rhythms has been possible. And also working through, (laughs) working with a therapist to not feel guilty about those things has also been helpful. Absolutely. And therapy is great. Yeah. No shame in therapy. Um, (laughs) Celebrate therapy. I celebrate (laughs) (laughs) I announced it when I go see my therapist. I went to see my therapist today. (laughs) Yeah, just spread the word. We should evangelize it as much as possible. (laughs) And I just had an aha. I'm going to invite you to coffee. Because mm. I think like when I see you on Tuesdays, I'm just like, Annie. And I know <laughs> people that I uh, can only imagine, but I'm sure there's so many sites <laughs> on Instagram that follow. And I bet they want Annie time too, but they can't, <laughs> you know, because, so they plug in, which I completely encourage you all to check out Annie's Five Star. Thank you. Yes. Five Star Reads. That has been such a fun project this year. And that has been one place where I've loved yeah, connecting with people and talking about books. And, and you know, you mentioned like seeing you on a Tuesday or something like that. The good news is I'm ready for that energy because I had Monday off. Like, and I, oh, a sweet customer. I don't know. I think her name's Hillary. I don't know if she's, li- I don't know if she's a listener, but she's a long distance customer. <laughs> and I was getting into my car at, uh, in Thomasville, like getting ready to take Sam out and uh, husband and wife, I could see them like looking, but I couldn't tell if they were looking at me or looking at subway. Like I was parked near subway here in, <laughs> here in town. So I just got in my car and started plugging my phone so I could listen to music or whatever. And they like started getting closer and I was like, huh, not sure what's happening here. And, <laughs> and anyway, so finally, like I rolled down my window and I was like, hi, can I help you? I hope that's what I said. I don't really remember. But anyway, she was like, are you Annie? And I said, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and it was so cute. And then she was a long distance customer who was in town and it was delightful. So like, that's the thing I want people to know about introverts, because I think there's some, you know, some assumptions. And I'm sure, I think there are assumptions about extroverts too, as somebody who's married to one, but I really loved connecting with Hillary right then. It made me smile. I had a very funny story to tell Jordan later. Like (laughs) I told Jordan, I was like, get this. And I told uh, Hillary and her husband, I said, oh, I'm on my way to take the dog out. And she was like, Sam Malone. (laughs) And I just got a kick out of that, that she knew. And so like, I'm so glad probably if I had to guess Hillary's an extrovert or she's a very brave introvert, but 
by Hillary being herself, she made me feel comfortable and funny. And we had a great connect connecting moment. And I think some people assume, oh, introverts don't want that. But we totally do. We right. might be tired later, but we totally do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, of course you knew about Sam below. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's internet famous. <laughs> he is. <laughs> On a very, very niche corner of the internet. You know, it's like, it's just what we needed. I mean, the, the bookshelf is awesome. Annie, you are a delight. But Sam has given us something that we didn't know we needed, you know? Same. Yeah, same for me too. <laughs> I remember when I first met you and I'm like, you know, this lady does not know that she's a, she's a celebrity, right? <laughs> I do not like that word. <laughs> and I remember we started recording. You were like, I just don't think about it. I'm like, oh. There's thousands of people. Maybe I sound like I've gotten so used to it. I'm such a pro, but no, I'm just connected with you, Annie. So it's easy to talk to you. Yes. But um, I just imagine we're just talking, but yeah. you're, you make it all look so easy, you know? Well, thank you. It's hard, but thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. The, the other piece that I, I just think is so cool to mention is that I've been able to see all of the team kind of embrace sisterhood and I don't say that just because I'm a black woman, I'm a sister. <laughs> I mean, like, cause, cause sometimes people are, are, have their boundaries. And like I said, I am, I am probably one of the most like, Hey, you know, we're friends <laughs> instantly. That's probably because, you know, I have other stuff when I wasn't always, I didn't have a bunch of friends. So maybe that's just rolling over, but, yeah. <laughs> but I've seen, I've seen the staff really in their own way, be able to see, be able to embrace all of that extra energy in a way that isn't, not that I just came in with just being such an anomaly, but it's different, right? And working with different people and different energy, but everybody has the capacity and has shown, hey, we can, this is my coworker and this also can be my sister. This can be somebody I care about. And then, then that energy translates to other other uh, team members and they see, I've seen people see each other in a way that maybe they hadn't and, they, and the playfulness mm -hmm. really just bubbles up and it's, it's super special. You're absolutely right. It goes back to what you and I talked about at the top of the episode, which is these things take time. And so when you grow a team from three to 10, uh, you know, or two to 10, like there's going to be some growing pains there. We also have to be willing to occasionally be uncomfortable because when we start adding all different personalities to the team. It's not just Felicia's personality. It's everybody's personality. Yeah. My personality is quirky. Like once we start adding all of these personalities to the team, I think what it really takes is a capacity for discomfort and a willingness to show grace to each other and to get to know each other and to problem solve together or to sit in staff meeting together. I think staff meetings and <clears throat> we keep using this example of Erin's fun Instagram reel that she recorded yesterday. But I thought everybody's personalities were so evident in that video. And I'll, I'll mention Esme for just a moment because Esme specifically chooses, she prefers to be in store at the bookshelf. She doesn't really want to be, and she made that clear in her interview. She didn't want to be on social media all the time. Like, she, And she is excellent at being the face of Thomasville, of, of the bookshelf to the Thomasville clientele. Like she is our Monday through Friday staffer. She is at the store 40 hours a week. Like she is who you see. But occasionally 
I, I hope because that was fine. Like we didn't, I didn't need her to be on social media. That was fine. I wanted her to be where she was most comfortable. But as a result, when she does show up on social media, she is hilarious and yes. funny and authentically herself. And so I think we have to be willing to let people be who they are, right. to meet them where they are and getting to watch staffers be themselves, whether it's on social media or privately, like in a staff meeting where, you know, <laughs> Jordan, this was Jordan Jones who suggested this, where like we go around and we each share a fun fact and people's personalities are very evident in mm -hmm. their fun fact, in the pride with which they deliver their fun fact. <laughs> you know, everybody knows Olivia is going to deliver a science fun fact. Everybody knows it's going to be about space. Everybody knows Keela's is going to be a little bit funny, like it's going to have a twist at the end. And and then that is getting to see and to witness everybody's personalities and everybody's personalities make the bookshelf better. Again, the bookshelf would not be the bookshelf if it were just INTJ Annie all the time. Like it has to be, it has to be everybody. Absolutely. And I like to, with um, going back to the analogy from our Chasha fun time yesterday, I mean, goodness, that <laughs> is really, I think we all just needed that break. And yes. even, you know, holding space for anybody that might've felt like, oh, off guard, mm, we jumped in, you know? And and that's the thing I love, that holiday when it gets busy, folks are ready to jump in, you know? And it's like, I remember you mentioned at um, one of the staff meetings um, around holiday, get in there. Uh, um, if you have anything you need to talk to your coworker about, figure that stuff out because holiday, you're going to have to work Next to that person wrapping gifts. <laughs> yes, you're going to be real close, real quick. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to have to nip that in the bud. You know? Yes, yes. It's like passing the piece at church. You better figure your stuff out. But but I think it also has to do, you know, we, we talked about yesterday and y'all go watch the Instagram reel. It was very funny. But naturally, do I like dancing in front of a video camera? No, I do not. But can I, when I know I'm surrounded by safe people in a safe place where we can be silly together? Yes. So I think, I think that's what I want the bookshelf to be safe for customers, but also safe and fun for staff so they can fully be themselves. Absolutely. And listen, I have, I just had a download. That is what, okay. So the unified joy yesterday had to do with the fact that we all love books, the bookshelf, fun, boom. Mm -hmm. And we had the opportunity to forget about any other stuff. It drove, all that energy drove away, oh gosh, I'm dancing or oh no, or-, or Right, inhibitions. Really. And yeah. I remember my first reader retreat, uh, I think it was like the third day of my job. Yeah. And one of the things that was just so beautiful was to see and feel the energy of all these different women that traveled from all over to come together and completely forget about for, for, for such a time as that, that, that they had that weekend, forget about everything, but, oh, I'm having fun. I'm in my, my happy spot. Mm -hmm. in this cute town, like just the immense joy enough to be able to drive away any, any anxiety or nervousness or whatnot that can come up in our human way. And that is so beautiful. And I feel, Annie, that that has been the, the experience that I've been able to, the path that that's the, the path that I have walked on since I started has been filled with the surprise of joy and kind of 
having a chance for my heart to defrost from grief and uh, which I was talking and speaking a grief narrative way more than I realized. But Mm. that heaviness, being around play and joy and the wonder of people that love books and just really felt like, you know, fun. It's like my own little creative house, you know? Yes. And, and that play, I encourage anyone listening that that playfulness and tapping into that wonder. um, It's not just that you're, you're okay. All of a sudden you need to be a silly heart or whatever. (laughs) It's it's freeing. It's Mm. freeing. And um, it can open up a lot of, I guess, extra intentionality to, to embrace this. It's personal. And it can be business too. Oh, that's perfect. What a perfect way to end. Thank you, Felicia. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to add one other thing. I'll put a link in the notes. But if anybody is curious about tapping more into that emotional intelligence or creativity, I invite you to take a look at the link. I'm offering something special. I think you'll have fun. Perfect. Thank you, Felicia. Thank you, Amy. This week, I'm reading Holy Unhappiness by Amanda Held Opelt. Felicia, what are you reading this week? This week, I'm reading Here For It by R. Eric Thomas. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's podcast episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Cammie Tidwell, Chantal Carl, Kate O'Connell, Kristen May, Linda Lee Drost, Martha, Stacy Lau, Chanta Combs, Stephanie Dean, Ashley Farrell, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson, Susan Eulings. Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and helps us reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see Write a Review and tell us what you think. Or if you're so inclined, support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support. Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you and we look forward to meeting back here next week.